stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect, the podcast where we have vulnerable conversations about mental health, self-growth, and relationships as sisters. I'm Christine. And I'm Regina. Oh my God. We're in the same room and we're recording. I know. It's really weird to like look, look at you, you in the eye and <laughs> not like look at you in my screen, on my phone screen, like propped on my laptop. I don't know if people know that, but for the most part, Regina and I have just gotten into this routine since we started recording when she was in New York and I was in LA that we just recorded long distance. So we've always just looked at each other through our phones Mm -hmm. while recording each of our audio on our own end. Mm -hmm. So when she moved back to LA, (laughs) we were like, let's just continue that. Well, okay. In our defense, I think the audio is better that way because like we overlap a lot and we'll talk over each other. So it makes editing a lot easier. Right. But then it also makes like recording in person super awkward because I'm like staring at her in the eyes and that never happens. I don't have an issue with that. We're going to be doing a lot of that tonight. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, because if you guys listen back to some of the audio with like guests, you can tell that there's a difference in the audio. Yeah. So those are all things that, you know, we've been learning. Like we're not audio experts. But, you know, to be honest, exciting announcements that we wanted to share. Like today, because we're recording together in person, we're also using better equipment. I don't know if you guys can tell the sound is crisp. I feel like I can tell. Yeah, immediately you're like, oh my God, this sounds so amazing. Oh my God, we sound like radio hosts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the equipment is so much better. It's very, very nice equipment. And yeah, I'm really, really grateful that through the support of you guys and helping us out with the journals, we've been able to upgrade. And in addition to using better equipment, you know, this is just kind of part of the initiative that we really set as our goal for 2020 to continue pushing ourselves to create better content improve the quality of it and just kind of overall amp up what Perfectly Imperfect has been. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a learning experience. For example, with your guys' support, honestly, when you guys listen to each episode, when you guys rate and subscribe, it makes such a difference. We're not just saying that just because we're like, please just do it just because we want to look good. It's like, no, it matters. It matters so much in how other people find us and we get more listeners and then people that want to work with us and brands and all of that, that pay for, you know, all these upgrades and improvements, as well as we brought on more help. Mm-hmm. You know, if you guys follow our Instagram page at perfectly.imperfect.podcast, we have two incredible interns. You know, they've really transformed the page. They've been doing a phenomenal job just in the way that they have kind of created a voice for Pip. Like, I think that for us, Christine and I always kind of being like, oh, we have all these ideas, yeah. but to kind of put it together and make it cohesive, shout out to them because they're doing an amazing job. Yeah. Aesthetics, right? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Like it's one thing to have all these ideas. It's a whole nother thing to execute it. Yes. So given that me and Regina have both of our own individual companies that we're trying to run, Mm -hmm. as well as trying to improve PIP, we realize that the most efficient thing is to delegate and find people. There's so many of you guys out there that are just so excited and looking for something to be involved in and to make an impact. And that's the world that Regina and I came from. That's how we met, you know, so we 
totally relate to that. So if you guys don't remember, we have put out a call looking for social media interns to help us. And that's how we found Mayunk and Ramona. And I think in the future, we're still looking to grow in many different ways. Also, shout out to Asia, who's been our editor, who's yes. been helping us edit, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's such been a huge, huge help. Yeah. yeah. And now you guys know we're releasing episodes every other week. So it's maintaining a consistency, <laughs> which is something Regina and I have always it's like a, strived it, for. Yeah. And it's a goal that we like set. Because I yeah. think that like whenever we would give ourselves like loose guidelines, we'd be like, oh, sure, that sounds good. And then nothing gets executed. So I think that this time around, you know, we have a team of social media. We have Asia helping us with editing. We have this like schedule, this set schedule that we've set out for ourselves that we're going to achieve. Every other week, releasing an episode to make it consistent that for the entire year, we're releasing content and what's doable and maintainable and sustainable for you and I as we're running our own separate businesses as well yeah so look at us oh, oh my, my god. god we're business bitches oh my god <laughs> bish bishes okay so <laughs> so what are we doing today christine oh my gosh so we both follow this instagram account called we're not really strangers obsessed yeah actually obsessed it's actually just started by this one woman mm-hmm. and Corrine, i believe is her name oh okay mm-hmm. yeah actually it was one of my friends who told me about this game that she had created from this idea of we're not really strangers and that's what we're going to play today Ooh. so this card game that i bought from them which we'll link down below if you guys are interested in also purchasing it i played it with a group of friends and oh my gosh i mean you guys will see it's everything that pip is <laughs> but that you can take home and do with your friends yeah so i started <laughs> following their Instagram account like a couple months ago yeah and I think I had just seen like a lot of people post about it and if you guys don't know what we're not really strangers is it started as an Instagram account where they would post these very like thought-provoking quotes and they'd be like graffitied on the side of a wall or you know just like signs all over the city and stuff like that and so I don't know I just like love the quotes that they put on there they're all super thought-provoking which is why Christine was like you know this is very much so like what Pip is about so yeah I'm really excited to play this game yeah so I will read the instructions and then Regina and I will customize the game for us and the purposes of timing and this episode. Yeah, because if you leave us to ourselves, we'll be here for like the next eight hours. No, it'll be like days. (laughs) (laughs) We never see the light of day again. All that consistency we talked about just goes out the window. (laughs) Just this really long episode and that's it for the rest of the year. Okay, so then We're Not Really Strangers comes in a pack of cards and there's three levels. There's level one, level two, level three. And each level gets deeper and deeper in the level of questioning. Mm. So how do you play you can play with a group of people or you play with two players and for us basically what happens this is what it says i'm going to read it it says now sit facing one another with level one cards face down now stare deeply into each other's eyes seriously stare into each other's eyes the first to blink draws first you ready you want to do that okay we'll be here for a while my eyeballs oh Oh, you blinked (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Says the person that says we'll be here. I was like, oh, I can do this, and all of a sudden, my eyes were like watering. (laughs) That was like two seconds. Okay, so what we're gonna do is player A. I'll be player A. Draws a card. 
whatever card I draw, Regina has to answer it. Mm. So we just do that back and forth. And we're going to do that three cards per person. So mm. a total of six cards per level. Mm. We play all the way up to the final card. And when we get to the final card, I'll let you guys know what we're going to do for that. So level one is called perception. Mm. And this is the level that says, do you know how others see you? Level one is all about gaining perspective on what first impressions we give off and challenging the assumptions we make about each other. Okay, mm. so you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so since I win, I'm going to pick first. Okay. Picking a card. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I was popular in school? Explain. Honestly, I think that when I first met you, yes. Now, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, game over. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think that only because like you always say that you weren't popular. Like, not mm. because I didn't think that you were. But I think it's because I feel like whenever I go to events with you or whenever we're working on a project or, like, we're in a group with a lot of people, mm. I feel like you seamlessly and, like, kind of just, like, fluidly, like, move across all the groups. And, like, mm. you always find things to talk about with different people. And I feel like as I'm getting older, I always thought I was, like, a good conversationalist. But I think that, like, going on a series of like first dates in the past couple of weeks I'm Ooh. kind of like maybe I'm not as good as a conversationalist as I thought or like my go-to for conversation is always like just to ask questions which I think is helping me like I think that that's like always in the back of my mind I'm like okay what can I ask like to probe more about it yeah but I feel like you just so effortlessly do that and so like in my head I was like oh that's probably how you were in high school too or middle school whatever and so like you probably had a ton of friends or just like knew a bunch of people because like you were you can so easily communicate with people mm. did I save myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean to be real, when you're a kid versus like now I'm 36, right? I was like definitely awkward. I was very much like in my own head a lot. But the being able to kind of blend in different friend groups, mm. that was something that I was always able to do. Mm. But I think the depth of friendships was mm -hmm. something that I've always felt, at least growing up, that I couldn't ever achieve. But to be real, I don't know, for me, middle school, high school, I just don't think that I was mature enough to understand that or appreciate mm, that. Mm. And I was really all about how to Quant be popular, how to be like popular. Quantity over quality. Not even that. I think I didn't even think that. Mm. That's how deep I wasn't back then, you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe I was like, I just want to have a lot of friends. It looks like mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends. Yeah. But then, you know, growing up, you're just like, oh, I want to be that popular person, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say I learned a lot. And now, yeah, it's really paid off in being a life coach and helping me in that career. <laughs> All right, Definitely. your turn. My turn. What do you think is the hardest part of what I do for a living? Mm, I guess I could answer this in two ways. One of them is personally for you, getting mm -hmm. to know you as a person. Mm -hmm. The second thing is your actual job. So I guess I'll start with your actual job. The mm -hmm. hardest thing about what you're trying to do for a living in building up your own clothing business and all of that is the actual building of a business that you have never done before. Mm -hmm. And just even anyone that's trying to learn how to be an entrepreneur, even as I'm going through it myself, it's like, it's not only just having passion for it. Now you're responsible for the business, financial, growth, mission, all of those things that you've never, ever had to think about when you work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> I have that thought at least like five times. No, 10, 20, 800 times a day. Because you just there's no right answer. And mm -hmm. it almost feels, especially in the beginning, like that pressure to 
have Perform. to know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how else are you going to start? But then to be honest, that's actually what I'm learning. You just, just got to do it. You yeah. learn. Then you make mistakes, but that's how you learn. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So I think that is one of, if not the hardest part of your job. Yeah. The second answer to that question is you yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the discipline. Yeah. I think the discipline that it takes in order to be your own boss and to run your own company for anyone is really difficult. Yeah. And I think for you, it's because you have so many ideas. You inspire by so many things. Like putting together a board of inspiration is not hard for you. But I think the discipline in each area mm-hmm. and to narrow it down and to pick something. Yeah. That yeah. that's hard. No, I definitely agree. I think that like I'm starting to realize, especially in building out like Pip and like my clothing line. I'm very scatterbrained and I do get inspired very easily. But then it's like, how can I narrow it down? And I think that I was always like afraid to narrow it down because I was like, oh, is this the right thing I'm narrowing it down to? Or like, am I doing it the right way? And so I feel like I definitely agree. I think that discipline is something that I'm slowly teaching myself and I have sometimes I'm better at it than others. But I think that it's something that I'm like actively working towards and trying to find systems that work for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that was something I was always like, oh, well, this works for other people. So like, it should work for me. And I'm like, oh, actually, that does not work for me or I don't like that kind of system. So I think that that's definitely what a lot of like the beginning of this year has been like. Yeah, that's what I admire about you is because you're willing to learn. Mm. And I think that's what it really takes other than like, you know, people think that you have to have it right away. You have to know you come from a family that's all from business and all of that. But really, it's like, the willingness to learn and grow from mm-hmm. it and figure out what works for you. I think yeah. that's been your learning lesson. It's like, what works for you? Yeah. Finally, like having and finding my own voice in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my turn. Cool. What was your first impression of me? Well, first talk about yeah how we, how first we met. met. Yeah, okay. I know. I know. We. I think we shared it on this. We shared podcast, it a but... few times, but okay. So the first time we met was at the premiere of Ass, <laughs> Agents of Secret Stuff, um, the Wong Fu movie. Yeah. yeah. Wong yeah. Fu movie that they did with Ryan Higa back in like 2010. Yeah. 11. I don't know. Something it's been like, like a decade or yeah. like almost a decade. And the movie was finished and they were doing like their premiere at CGV. Yeah. CGV. Yeah. At CGV in Koreatown. And I just remember like rolling up with like Phil and Wes and Ted. I don't know if Ted's there. Or <laughs> we rolled up with like Phil and Wes. And then Phil turned to me and was like, got really serious. And I got scared. I was like, oh my God, am I in trouble? He was like, um, you're going to meet Christine today. And um, I, I want you guys to get along. Like, I want you guys to be friends. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, okay, dad. Okay. <laughs> and so then I met Christine at like the check-in booth. And she was like, quick to be like hi nice to meet you oh my god blah, blah, blah. and then like this is how you do everything and I was like okay and then I remember like chatting with you kind of sporadically throughout the night and I remember thinking you were like really friendly mm-hmm. and then I think that my bigger impression of you was when we were at a uh, shoot after that because I think that they were kind of like testing you out to see how you like work with the team and stuff like that and I remember feeling slightly threatened Mm -hmm. that there was another woman on the team Mm -hmm. and that I knew you were older, but I think that I was like, oh my God, am I being replaced? Yeah, It was kind of that feeling. And I was like, oh, but I liked being that kind of like, oh, younger sister or whatever that was on the team. And then I would remember being like, yeah, like threatened by you. Yeah, I remember being like, oh my gosh, she knows so much more than I do. And she's like, has more experience than I do. Like, this is it. I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that slowly that didn't bother me. Like that was kind of my initial thought. And Mm -hmm. then afterwards, it kind of got brushed over and I realized like how much 
I enjoyed having conversations with you because I remember like after our shoots and stuff like that, you would like ask me much deeper questions than <laughs> the average person, which like, you know, obviously is not shocking. But I remember <laughs> there's after one shoot, you're like, oh, so uh saw you talking to so-and-so and then you're like asking me about it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I barely know you at this time. Mm. And so I just remember there was like a level of comfort that was very easy for the two of us. Oh, I was trying to like see if there's interest, right? Between yeah. Like, I was trying to hook you yeah. guys up. Yeah. I was like, oh, what about that guy? <laughs> and you were like digging into it. And I was like, oh my God, this never happened before. But I think that, yeah, it initially started off as like friendly. Then I was like kind of intimidated and like a little threatened. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, best friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And honestly, I knew at that point as I was getting more and more involved yeah. that it could come off in a threatening way yeah. because it was so obvious that it was like two girls. Yeah. And like at the time, like there was really no clear distinction. Structure. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, oh, can you do this? I was just there more often because Regina has school. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then so a lot of the things because I'm there, I would be doing. Yeah. So then I made it a point also knowing that I was older too, mm -hmm. that that's the last thing I wanted you to feel was mm -hmm. to feel like I was coming in to take your job, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. or to replace you. Yeah. And actually the couple jobs before that actually did replace one of the girls that was there, mm -hmm. you know, and it was handled so poorly by. Mm -hmm. So to me taking that in, I was like, no, I really want to not only befriend the only other woman in the like company, but mm -hmm. also like I knew at that point we'd only be better if we were like actually friends, you know, yeah. versus and looking I, at each other as competition. Yeah. And I think that like the whole intimidation, like threatened factor came only because I wasn't talking to you. And it was in the silences almost. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's not, that sounds creepy, but like it's in the actions without explanation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. like if I see you, yeah, yeah, the assumptions and like the things that I see you taking over, I'm like, oh my gosh, like yeah. you're stepping onto my boundaries. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think it was some of that. But I feel like once I talked to you, I never felt that. Mm -hmm. So I think that I, at first I was like, wait, I'm having such like conflicted feelings. <laughs> like I feel threatened, but she's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> what is her agenda yeah but you know that didn't that phase didn't last very long oh yeah so you like love me straight off the bat all right next question <laughs> Ooh, this is a reminder hmm. to let go of your attachment to the outcome Oh, I like that. Okay, yeah. we're going to go into the next question now. Okay. Just to give people context, like sometimes oh. they have cards in there. That's not an actual thing you have to do. It's just a reminder or mm -hmm. like there's also wild cards where you they'll have to have do, you do something. Yeah. 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 Do you think I intimidate others? Why or why not? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. I've actually heard that from numerous people. Really? Yeah. That I intimidate them? Yeah. But I think it's from just like they don't know you. Mm. And also they haven't been around you, right? Because mm -hmm. like a lot of people that we know within the same community, they came in when Regina left New York. Mm. So a lot of those people from the outside feel like Regina has all her shit together. <laughs> oh, if only they knew. <laughs> You know, and they're just like, oh, she's so mature. She's so put together. I've watched her growing up on Wang Fu and all of that. And now she's in New York and she's working for CBS and et cetera. She's like, you know, sex in the city life and all mm -hmm. of that. And they just from the outside perception makes it seem like it's intimidating. Also, they've never had the opportunity to actually talk to you. Mm. You know, so I think that's the intimidation factor that some people have. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering if some of the, like our listeners who've seen you yeah. through your social media, it's like, oh, you yeah. travel, you like things that you say are so well-spoken and all mm. of that. So I can see for some people, it's like, <gasps> if I ever met her, I don't know what I would say. Well, thanks for saying that I'm well-spoken. But, you know, if you ever really get to have a conversation with yeah, me, that, goes, that, that quickly she goes out the window. She, I don't, most of the time I'm like, what the heck are you saying? 
<laughs> no, honestly, in the past, I think in the past like few years, I have started asking that question to like people that I know, like my closer friends. Like, do you mm-hmm. find me intimidating? Yeah. And my closest friends are like, no. Yeah. But I do think that I can see how I can come off as intimidating. And I don't think that I'm trying to be intimidating. I think my dad is kind of like this too, where he's like the oldest son mm-hmm. and like people are looking up to him. And I have younger cousins and stuff like that. So I kind of feel the need to kind of, you know, sit up taller and, you know, be a little more prim yeah. and proper. So I think that that kind of like flows into situations where I probably could like let loose a little bit more. Yeah. I feel like you do have that sense of responsibility you're the only child you know and just growing up having to be around adults you just have to pull it together yeah and yeah. and we're going to do an episode about like only child versus siblings and stuff like that. I was reading some stuff about like being only children and like what they're like. And I think that there is a sense of responsibility. I think the transition from like child to adult is almost like a sharper curve uh, because like I was around even now, like I'm around a lot of my like parents and their friends like yeah. living at home and stuff like that and mm-hmm. being around that. So, yeah, yeah, I oftentimes you're like, oh, no, I'm just hanging out with my parents and their friends. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm really cool, you guys. <laughs> Not intimidating at all. <laughs> so this will be the last card for this round. What about me is most strange or unfamiliar to you? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> oh, the word strange is so good. Strange, like, mm, you know, I think that like I have a pretty clear history of like your family life and like you and like your career goals and your trajectory and stuff like that. But I don't have a very set timeline of like your romantic life. So I think that you always like will reference back yeah. to like, oh, my ex or like this ex or that ex. And I'm like, oh, no, which one she's talking about <laughs> or like who she's talking about or like. I think that I've heard like a bunch of stories, but I don't know actually like the timeline or storyline of which it happened. Mm. I just know that you had the long break from, I don't know, after college to like Jack. Yeah, basically. (laughs) After college to Jack. And then everything else is kind of like mumbled into like a bunch of other, (laughs) I don't know. It's like hard for me to like see that timeline. But I think- I can draw you. I can draw you a timeline. Okay, great. Yeah. (laughs) With photo references. Yeah, I expect it on my desk by Monday. (laughs) But I think that that was something that- that was like unfamiliar to me especially in the beginning because mm. I think that through the podcast and stuff like that we've opened up about it a lot more yeah but I think in the beginning I was kind of like wait I don't know if I would be able to like I mean based off of Jack would be my only perception of what type of guy you're into minus mm. like Jack and Daniel Henney <laughs> <laughs> the only two I mean Jack's the only one that matters never mind it's just Jack Jack's the only one that Jack's matters. here that's what she's yeah. saying <laughs> Yeah, but like I think that is just part of you is like something that we'll save for like a, another deeper, longer conversation. We can. I mean, like Ramona, like our social media interns yeah. always like talk about boys. Yeah. <laughs> just more episodes <laughs> about boys. <laughs> so, I can definitely do that. I think like what might help too is, you know, changing their names and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We'll um, give them like secret identities. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the, the guys I've talked about the most was like my first boyfriend. Yeah. And then I've mentioned this guy a couple times where he was the friend uh-huh. that I gave a chance uh-huh. that, you know, switched ladders to dating. Yeah. And that didn't work out well at all. Mm, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. And then everybody else in between. <laughs> You're like, they don't matter. <laughs> but we can definitely talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Your turn. Okay. Ooh. Do I seem more of a creative or analytical type? Explain. Oh, this is actually a really good one. I think you're analytical. Mm-hmm. You're just... <laughs> she just like rolled her eyes and stared at the ceiling for like five seconds. 
I think the creativity comes from you by after the analyzing. <laughs> after the analyzing. I think there's the analyzing, that's your go-to. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. I think yeah. if anything, it's just, it makes sense if yeah. you think about how we were brought up. But I think sometimes it gets in the way of creativity. Mm-hmm. Because then sometimes you don't even allow yourself to get to the point of creativity because yeah. you're like, oh, how is that even going to work? Mm-hmm. How am I even going to get there? Yeah. But I think, I mean, through obviously working together and creating content together, all the things that we've been doing, you're so creative. If anything, it's like, I don't know if you guys know, but if you look at our social media, like the first like maybe 10, 15 posts are all me. You can tell that it's just not. (laughs) No, I don't. I think you should give yourself more credit than that. Thank you. But I mean, I just think like afterwards you can tell when Regina took over (laughs) and then where I left. It's just like there's that creativity, even just looking at her own like social media. This is why I was like, oh, Regina, it makes so much more sense if Mm. you took over social media just Mm. because of the care and creativity that you put into your photos and everything. You know, Mm. it's really well thought of. And Mm. then now, you know, with your clothing line, there's Mm -hmm. so much creativity in doing that. So I guess short answer, you're more analytical, but then you're also very creative if you allow Mm -hmm. yourself to be. Yeah, I think it's that allowing myself to be like, I think that sometimes I let my analytical side take over too much. And that like kills the creativity because then I am analyzing it so much. I'm not even allowing my chance to be that creative because I'm like, oh, well, that's a dumb idea or like, oh, that probably won't work. I mean, to be honest, knowing your mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a whole whole other episode. But yeah, I think that being creative and that's what I'm like allowing myself to do now too, like just kind of dive into it more and just not follow that rigid line of what I think it means to be creative because there is no line. It's just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just all over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. I think that I'm trying to be less analytical and more creative. Yeah. I mean, I think creativity comes when you allow yourself to get out of your own head. Yeah. You know, that's where flow happens. Right. Yeah, definitely. All right. Level two connection. (laughs) Who are you really? This round is about asking the rarely asked questions and connecting on a deeper level. Ooh, you ready? You ready, girl? I'm ready. If you have, when was the moment you realized you weren't invincible? Oof. Connection! Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I think in New York. Ah. I think that, like, going to New York, I felt invincible. And I was very, like... Ugh. This is going to be great. (laughs) NVD. NVD. And I think that I went into it with like a lot of like uh, gumph. What is it? Like gumption? Gumption. (laughs) Gumph. Gumph. I went went in with a lot of like gumption and I was kind of like, yeah, I can do anything. You know, I'm going to create paths for myself. I'm going to carve my own road. And that was like my whole mentality. Mm. And then I think that as I started to kind of grow up and realize like opportunities don't come as easily as I thought they did. And like, I think that my parents always taught me like, oh, if you're a good person, things will work out for you. Mm. And when I I found out that that wasn't true, (laughs) I was like, kind of like, wait, liars. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? And I think that there are a couple of opportunities that kind of like knocked me down. Like, Mm. I think that a couple of jobs didn't work out. And then I was like kind of bouncing around in this like instability, which is like something that I was like so so afraid of mm-hmm. and I feel like that made me realize that I wasn't invincible and I think that it kind of brought me down more in regards to I feel like I felt a lot more fear mm. 
And then that's when I realized, oh, you know, things don't work out as easily as I thought they did. And like, I have to put in a lot more. I don't know. I think it made me realize like I had to focus on me a lot more rather than just like this idea of me. Mm. And I think that like I was always chasing this idea of who I thought I could be. And I would set goals for who I thought I could be based off of people that I admired their career paths and stuff like that. And to have to turn it back and be like, wait, is that what I want? Can I keep chasing what I think other people want or like have? I think that was like kind of a turning point for me. And then I think that that instability created a lot of like anxiety for me as well. And I think having my first like anxiety attack, I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, like I'm not as strong as I thought I would be. That was like my initial thought. You know, I don't think that anymore. But I think that at that time I was kind of like, oh. I'm not this like superhero that I thought I was. Mm, Yeah. yeah. So we also have these cards called Dig Deeper that you can use once every single level. So I'm using that now because you touched on so many things there that was just like the version of yourself that you thought you should be and version of what you wanted from others. So here, here's the card. Dig Deeper. Like I want to know more about what you just said about that where the version of who you thought you should be, what you thought you wanted based off of what other people chased. What was the difference? What did you realize like who you actually were? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think these are things that I'm still figuring out myself. Especially when I was working in corporate, I was like, oh, I want to be like that VP with the huge ring and like married to the husband that works in finance with the super cute kid. And they like live on the Upper West Side and like a really nice like townhouse. I think that I just had an idea of that being success. Where does like, that where did that come from? That's a very specific <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a very specific example because I'm like literally referencing like an actual Oh, you VP. are I see. Yeah. And so in New York, I think that there's this mentality where it's like you have a good job, you meet someone else with a good job, you guys become a power couple and you have power couple kids. And, mm. and they all go to good schools and et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know if I exactly like thought of that because I never really envisioned myself raising a family on the East Coast. But I definitely think that that idea of being like, I'm going to be successful and my husband's going to be successful and we're just going to have this like happy go lucky family mm-hmm. and like career is going to help that success. Right, right. And like what that means. And so I think that whenever I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, that's what I want. Mm. That career trajectory. But then I think that as I kind of tried to work towards that, I started to realize like there are things that didn't align for me or I mean, this sounds bad, but like I cared a lot more than a lot of what like corporate execs did. So what do you mean? so like I feel like in corporate, a lot of like the executive level people after a certain point, they stop caring about the content and they only care about the money. Uh. And I feel like I started to realize that I wasn't that kind of person. And there is a lot of like financial decisions or like business decisions that I was like, well, I think that this is a really good idea. But if it wasn't bringing in the money, they just didn't care about it. Mm. And I think that I was like really disappointed by that, that I went into media and entertainment because I wanted to put out positive and good messages and, you know, influence people in a good way. But to see the larger population of what corporate is and what success actually means and what success actually means. And a lot of it is just like biting your tongue and doing what your superiors tell you to do. And then that's how you work your way up. And I think that there were a couple people there who got their positions because they knew so-and-so or, you know, so-and-so really, really liked them and so promoted them at like 27. And then I also found out some people's salaries and I was like, 
excuse me? <laughs> like, I think that but you felt like they didn't earn it. Yeah. Oh, I like, see. I feel like it was like opening a can of worms. Nothing was real. Nothing was real. It wasn't like, oh, this person was getting paid this insane amount because they actually brought that much value yeah. or the experience. No, it was like residual grandfathering mm. of like an old president that was there. You know, anyway, it gets yeah. very complicated. But I think that that just made me realize like, is that what I want? Am I the type of person who can grin and bear it and just like work my way up? Because I have friends who are like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that at all. I actually admire those people a lot. I think that, you know, they are able to just work their way up and, you know, have great success at a very young age. And I think that that's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I really look up to them. I think for me, it did force me to like take a step back right. and kind of like, realize that I have too many feelings. <laughs> well, you were what? 26, 23, 24, or 24, 25. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the time where what you're talking about right now is defining our own values. Mm. Cause I think up until that point, and some people may realize it faster than others or later than others. It's just, yeah, sometimes your values are completely determined by other people mm-hmm. and other, like you said, in a way, grandfathered in from like your parents or your peers. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point, which is why we say quarter life prices mm-hmm. is kind of like that first initial thing where like, wait, something isn't right. Mm-hmm. That I think is where people get totally confused and lost because what you thought was true, what you thought you knew, reality is like, actually, that means this and this and this and that. Yeah. And then you kind of have to sift through that to determine, do I value those things Mm -hmm. in the way that is being presented to me? Mm -hmm. But I would say that after what kind of where you are now and also like me being in my mid 30s, it's like it's not necessarily so black and white and like, okay, so if that's just what it is for them, that means that I have to follow that path Mm -hmm. in order to get that success. right? Right. You realize for yourself that, you know, perhaps if you really want and you really resonate with other things that you can carve your own path in that way, Mm -hmm. maybe even within the own company if you want. Yeah, I'm definitely still in the process of learning that. And I think that I'm still kind of coming like rising again from kind of that feeling of like rock bottom of like not being invincible. And I think even looking at my parents, seeing them get older, like I think that that makes me feel like less invincible. It kind Mm. of makes me feel like, oh, you know, I think I had all these like grandiose ideas of like what I wanted to do. But reality, like I do just want to spend a lot of time with like my family and friends. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a combination of like all of those things that I feel like I'm still working through. Yeah. And like still trying to figure out like, okay, maybe I don't need to feel invincible, but I need to feel like stronger than I do now or like more courageous than I do now. Well, you're working towards that because a lot of that comes from first defining your values and then honoring them. Yeah. And that's not easy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dude, see, that's only the first question of level two. (laughs) My goodness. Here at Perfectly Imperfect, we're always looking for better ways to take care of ourselves. So we are so excited to be partnering up with Care Of, a service that provides personalized supplements right to your doorstep. Over the past several weeks, I, Regina, have been working on my fitness and launching my clothing line. So they recommended ashwagandha and American ginseng to help me get in shape and manage my stress. For Christine, being in her mid-30s, she is starting to prioritize the things that she had taken for granted in the past, like high metabolism, energy, digestion, good sleep, and a healthy immune system. The website is easy to use and the quiz is so much fun to take because you can really hone in on the health goals you have set for yourself. The Care Of team makes sure that the supplements fit right into all of your health needs. 
To get 50% off your first order, visit TakeCareOf.com and use code PIP50 to get your custom supplements today. Again, that's TakeCareOf.com using code PIP50. So this is the next question. Do you think the image you have of yourself matches the image people see you as? Ooh. Those are questions that I asked a life coach. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's closer than it was before. Definitely. Mm. The version of me that I see myself as is still more of a deficit than what I hear what other people describe me as. And I think that's the common thing, right? There's still a lot to me where I'm still working through that I feel like I'm not doing enough. Regina and I have talked about it many times. It's like you don't give yourself credit for stuff. You're just like, oh, if I can do that, anyone can do that, you know? I don't think I'm as capable as some people looking at me might feel. It's like, oh, you've done this as a producer. You have a plethora of experience. I actually was being interviewed and they were asking me about my history. And then I was like, shoot, yeah, I did do that. I did do that, you Mm -hmm. know? And I've never stopped to give myself kind of that like acknowledgement it was just like oh yeah I no, I did a show you know oh yeah I like create a podcast and then I really had to take a moment and still working on that to be like you know younger Christine would have been like mind blown by all mm, of this mm-hmm. younger Christine would have been like what the heck is your life you know <laughs> but then it's like I think the way that younger Christine would look at me is how I think other people might look at my life mm. just kind of like oh that's so cool and awe When I channel that more, I feel more at peace and I feel more grateful for just my day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that – and I've said this to you too where I think that, yeah, like I don't think you or women in general give themselves enough credit for the work that they've done Mm -hmm. because I think that through the eyes of everyone else, you're like so strong and so capable and like totally killing it. But I think that the feelings that you have of what that actually like feels like is a completely different story. And I think that that's kind of how I am too. Like even in the intimidation thing, right? It's like, I'm not trying to put out this intimidation thing. If anything, like I try to look put together so people can't question it, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that that you need to give yourself more credit. Really. Thank you. So looking at the time, we're going to just do one more question of level two and then one question of level three. Yeah. What lesson took you the longest to unlearn? Oh, to unlearn? I think I'm still unlearning this one. Mm. And I'm not knocking my parents in any way when I say this. But I think one lesson that I'm trying to unlearn is them always telling me be prim and proper and like follow the rules. And these are the guidelines of like what it means to be like a good human of society. Mm. And yeah, like, again, I'm not knocking them for this, but I think that they really did create a very like, you know, this is right. This is wrong. Like morally, I had this conversation with one of my best friends recently Mm -hmm. and she was like, your morals are very strong of what is like right and wrong Mm -hmm. and it doesn't waver. And that's kind of what carries you through life. Mm. And I was like, huh. I guess, <laughs> and I guess like I never thought of that like so specifically. Mm-hmm. But I think that it is very true. Mm. Like in the way that I'm like, oh, yes, I do think that this is right. That is wrong. And like, I think that that's how I have it carry on. But again, like through the invincible thing, right? I realized that like. If not I want, everything is so black and white. Yeah. If I want to succeed, maybe can't have so many feelings about the content that, you know, I want to create. And like, you know, I think that this kind of idea that my parents set for me wasn't to harm me. It was to protect me. And they, again, grew up in communist China where having a different opinion 
could literally get you killed. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand where they're coming from. But I think that what I had to unlearn was like, this is a different generation. Mm -hmm. And this is a different time. I think that if anything, at this point in time, your opinions are valued. And people want to hear you speak up, you know, like, as the elections are coming up, we need to speak up and go out and vote, you Mm. know, and, you know, obviously do it in a way that makes you comfortable. I'm not telling you that we should all be protesting in the streets and stuff like that. Like, if that's not your vibe like that's fine I was so easygoing and so like oh yeah everything is fine like whatever is fine that when it kind of got to that 25 26 point I was like oh my god what do I even think yeah who am I like what am I trying to do like all of these questions that I couldn't answer because I spent the majority of my life being agreeable right and so I think that that's a lesson that I'm trying to learn right now where it's like how do I balance that fine line of being vocal about my opinions But obviously not going around and just like shoving my opinion down people's throats, like having a very like open conversation. I honestly appreciate having conversations with people who have a difference in opinion from me. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I'm like they might say something and I'm like, wow, I really don't believe that. Right. But I think that that enlightened me Mm because then maybe that visceral reaction that I have to what they say that tells me something that makes me like, oh, wow. Like I actually have a lot of opinions about this that I didn't realize that I had. Yeah. And so I think that like learning to feed into that while still keeping an open mind and hearing what other people have to say, that's a lesson that I think I'm trying to unlearn from my parents. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. How do you, how do you express your opinion? But also stay open to that you may not be right given so many different factors that other people have lived through in their own life and experience that totally make the reality different for them. So it's not like you're right, they're wrong or vice versa. There's so many different ways to look at it. Yeah. And I think growing up in America, even more so because you have so many different types of people, different types of situations. Yeah. And it can be very intimidating. Mm -hmm. I'm sure for everyone too on the internet to want to express your opinion. Yeah. And like, what do you think? Given all this information, what are your thoughts? Oh my God. It's like information overload. Yeah. And I think too, like I've talked about my, you know, college experience here and there too, where I went to a predominantly Christian college when Mm -hmm. I wasn't Christian. Yeah. And I feel like that was kind of like the beginning of the can being opened Yeah, of like, oh wait, I grew up in a community where everyone thought like me and suddenly no one thought like me. Yeah. And what about that? bothers me or what about that do I agree with and you know I think some of my favorite conversations in college were about religion I would find a friend who obviously was very open to having this conversation like about religion and stuff like that and just ask questions Mm -hmm. like well if this is true then why you know like just really digging in and I think that I learned a lot about myself through that process of learning about other people so I'm trying to continue doing that and I think that through that too, like of being, you know, the quiet, docile, whatever other word you want to describe, like an Asian American female. Yeah. Unlearning that as well. That's a deep rooted lesson. Yeah. You know, and I see it. I see it in like what your journey has been and the confidence that is slowly building from that. Mm -hmm. I think that's just what it is, right? Confidence and trusting yourself and your gut, Mm -hmm. but being open enough to learn all the things there's like a sense of false confidence when you're just like no what i'm saying is right and everybody else is wrong you know it's like the people that fight the hardest for that it's because they're actually not coming from a place of confidence exactly but then when you're actually open and you're like in taking all the different information you're actually arming yourself up with more knowledge Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. good answer Ooh, what are you more afraid of failure or success and why Ooh. 
That was a good one. I mean, honestly, at this point in my life, maybe failure slightly more. Getting older and going through my own journey, I'm learning to appreciate failure for what it is, mm-hmm. you know, and redefining that word for me. Mm. We talk about it a lot, right? Yeah. Failure is such a triggering word. And just how we've been brought up to avoid it at all costs. So therefore, you must succeed at the first time and get it right and mm-hmm. get like 120%. Mm-hmm. Not even 100%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 100% isn't even good enough. Nope. So it's like almost this impossible standard mm-hmm. where amazingly in Arcadia, there are people that accomplish that. <laughs> it's, it's actually ridiculous the amount of companies that have been started from Arcadia alumni oh. that I've like run into in the past like three years. Wow. I it's mean, insane. that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Like, did you see on like, it's been going around where this one Asian guy that is an astronaut, is yes. a doctor, is like <laughs> the Korean American guy. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah, you give know? us a break, man. <laughs> so therefore, it's like, not only did you grow up with that pressure, but then your parents can point to somebody with that actual evidence. Yeah. This person can do it. So why can't you? You're just yeah. not working hard enough. Right. For sure. So failure becomes this very triggering word for all of us. Mm-hmm. And I can see why we've all I don't want to speak for everyone, but at least for me, it was just like so deathly scared of failure because then that defines me. Mm-hmm. My successes don't define me because mm-hmm. that, like I said, anyone yeah. can do that. Isn't that so crazy? Our successes don't define us, but our failures do yeah. to ourselves. Yes. Not to other people like I think other people who look at us they see all the successes and like you know they, that's how they define you right because we're exactly. looking at people on Instagram or other people who are like yeah. oh my god you just went there you just got this job you're like good for you right yeah. and you're like this person's got it together like if I'm describing like someone that I saw on Instagram to you I'm yeah. like oh my god this person just got married yeah. and did this and did that and it's all the good things right it's never the bad things but when it's like ourselves it's like oh my gosh I didn't get this I didn't yeah. do that and you know yeah exactly So I think for me, (laughs) Oprah said this, you know, it's like basically you get as much from your losses as you do for your gains Mm -hmm. because you learn so much from the quote unquote failures. And I don't even want to use that word. It's just a learning experience. And it's just in the way that Regina had just said where it's like in just her expressing something to someone and noticing that she has a lot of like that visceral reaction tells her something. Those are the subtleties that as you grow older, you pick up on if you're listening. And those are the lessons. Mm -hmm. With failure or those situations that you encounter failure or doesn't go the way that you thought is where the most growth lies. Mm -hmm. And that's where you want to say, if you want to improve, you want to be better, you want to learn how to smooth out those edges, those rough edges around you, that's how you get there. Mm -hmm. So I think it's reframing that and redefining it for yourself so the power comes from you. So you're not scared to take those quote-unquote risks. If you see it as, if I can learn how to be better at, let's just even take something like Photoshop, right? Mm -hmm. I felt like a lot of pressure because there's one time at Wang Fu where I never did Photoshop before. And then thumbnails? You was the thumbnails! (laughs) You remember? I do. Dude, they they weren't happy with me, but I was like, I've never... Use Photoshop I, before. I like, don't know why that like stands out <laughs> as such a strong memory in my head, but I do remember you discussing the thumbnails for like a really long time, and I was like, "Wow, this is this a thing?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I just felt like I failed the entire Asian community because I couldn't. Not dramatic. At all. I know that was it. I was like, "This defines me. I'm not good enough to be here. This is why, you know." And it's yeah. things like that, but it's like understanding that. Like now that I've actually learned the basics of Photoshop from our friend Jen Chan and Mimi while I was Mm -hmm. working with her. And it's like, 
it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of time. A lot more time than you would think. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, like, so right now, as we're working with a lot of our social interns, like, sometimes there will be, like, tweaks that will kind of, as, like, teamwork, work together on. Yeah. And I feel like Christine always does such a great job. And I'm always, like... I need to take some Skillshare classes. <laughs> yeah, Regina's like, wow, your design skills have really improved, you yeah. know? And I'm like, wow, thanks, you know? But, but, the, but the thumbnail. But the thumbnail. The PTSD <laughs> from the thumbnail. Success versus failure, what defines me, right? Now, with some time, I look at it, I'm like, you know what? Good for you that you've actually grown so much in Photoshop. Yeah, no, I yeah. think that it's really incredible. I'm going to actually use the Dig Deeper card here because oh. I have an additional question that I would like to ask you. Oh my God. Okay. So we talked a lot about like fear of failure, right? And yeah. like what that is or what that means. Is there anything that you fear about success? Hmm, that's a good question. Thanks. I've been thinking about it for a long time. <laughs> As I've been talking, she's like, Shut she's up. like, I have no idea what you're question. saying. Yeah. <laughs> I think in the back of my mind, it's if I can keep that up, mm. like not plateauing or like having that be the peak and then just like downhill or like not letting it crash and burn. Mm. You know, because it's like getting to that point, you know, you've worked really hard to build it up. Mm-hmm. And then is it sustainable? Is it something that I can trust in myself that, quote unquote, the success is not something that I'm going to mess up? Mm. The reason why that is something, to be honest, that I don't spend really any time thinking about. Mm-hmm. I think in the back of my head, if you were to, like you asked me that question. Yeah, that's what I think of. Mm-hmm. But the reason why is because I actually do trust in the lessons that I've learned. Mm-hmm that I've been building consistency in, and this is a lesson that I learned earlier on. Don't wait till you have the thing that you want in order to execute the life that you want. Mm. So meaning if I care, so if I'm like, oh, once I get a lot of money, I'm going to start donating it or I'm going to give back to the community in this way and all of that. Versus now, since I don't have that much money, I like hoard it all. So it means I live that life now. So therefore, that's building up that character and consistency. So when I do get more and more, it's only more and more natural for me to do that. Mm. So that's why I trust in the growth of that. There's still a lot of things I'm learning because sometimes, yeah, I'll go to a scarcity mindset and be like, oh my gosh, am I making enough? Is this enough? Can I afford to do this and all that? But then when I really channel and go to my core where it's like what feels right to me, Mm -hmm giving or not you Mm -hmm. know or planning or not you know in that sense like I have my answer there Mm. so that's why when I get there I'll get there but as in the meantime I'm building yeah kind of that ladder Mm. good answer good question thanks no I think that that, I like just thinking about it because I think that it was so easy for us to be like oh yeah I'm definitely fearful of failure yeah but I was curious to know like if we were to dig deeper into that like are there fears that are associated with success which there very obviously are yeah like you said for a lot of people too it's like is this as good as it gets Mm -hmm. I hear that a lot yeah Yeah. and then what if this isn't what I wanted yeah get up there and yeah so those are real Woo. yeah definitely all right that's a good question to lead into our final level three questions Okay. Okay. So level three, reflection. Who, who is that girl? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Time to reflect on your game experience. What is one thing you think I can do that would dramatically improve my life? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. Dramatically. Okay. It can't just be subtle. So dramatic. Man. Um <laughs> Ooh, 
Let me look at the question again. Okay, what's staring straight back at me? When will my reflection show? Do you need more time? <laughs> I think oh, this isn't like a question that you can just like simply answer. Yeah, it's, it's level three. Level three. Um, do you want to come back to that? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you pick a card? Okay. <laughs> Why do you think we met? <laughs> to annoy the crap out of each other. <laughs> no, to annoy the crap out of Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think we met? Okay, there's many layers to this question. I think in what we've created mm. and the mission that we've shared, it's been consistent since we first met. Mm. And I think that's why it brought us to Wang Fu in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's by coincidence because we've known many people that have come in and out of the company that you just bypass each other. But for you and I to actually be there at the same time, given our age gap and then our friendship, given what Regina shared about like, yeah, it felt kind of weird in the beginning and we developed it. That there's just a kinergy there. Synergy. Synergy. I said kinergy because like that's an actual <laughs> company. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> no, it, what is that word? I guess it's like kinship. Oh, kinship. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, kinergy. kinergy. <laughs> <laughs> the coin, new coin term. Yeah. Where it's like unexplainable where some people you're just naturally drawn to and that you can grow with. Mm. And I can say that for Regina and I, like for the most part, our relationship has maintained itself for most of our relationship. Mm -hmm. I would say a big defining moment was last year when we actually had our first real fight. Mm. And I think that really took our relationship to another level. Mm -hmm. But it makes sense because both of us were going through our frictional time. Mm -hmm. And it just makes sense that our, like even through that, we share a energy, you know, where we're going through it similarly. Mm -hmm. And the mission for both of us has never wavered. So from that, it makes so much sense that we've met and have taken that in creating content to spread more of that, mm. you know, not only within ourselves, but to our community, to other people who feel alone because both of us have been there. We share so many of like many parallel experiences, but as well as you've experienced moving to New York, I've only stayed here, you mm. know, and our career paths are different. Yeah. However, we still share in that and just it means so much to us to like want to give that to other people. Mm. So that's one aspect. I think on a personal aspect it's just because you you make me a better person i really do you know there's so many and it's not only in like oh it's been smooth sailing for us there's actually been many points where like regina and i are like sisters in so many ways mm -hmm. like we annoy each other like sisters <laughs> yeah. you know there's so many times that like the way that i talk to my brother oftentimes is how i talk to regina and mm -hmm. vice versa like we mm -hmm. troll each other mm -hmm. but we've actually gotten to a point like what i realized and this is real is that we actually don't compliment each other mm. as we do for other people mm. like we'll say to other people i'll be like oh my god you're so gorgeous i love you but to yeah. each other we'll be like ew don't look at me yeah. you know <laughs> but then now we've gotten to a point where we're doing that for each other mm -hmm. and it's coming from a really genuine place versus an, like you know with siblings sometimes it feels weird like i would never say that to my brother yeah but then you get to a point where you're mature enough to be like no i'm really proud of you yeah so i think that's the part where it's just been such depth in our friendship mm -hmm. and sisterhood that the more that we learn as individuals and the more that we learn as sisters mm -hmm. the more that as to the content that we create mm -hmm. the energy that we give out to other people that we meet mm -hmm. and i think that's the reason why we met oh yeah well don't look at me i know i can't <laughs> yeah. look at you anymore this is too like 
emotional. No, it's funny because I think that like, especially during the time when I moved to New York and like a lot of people were like funneling in and out of Wong Fu, just like interning and stuff like that and seeing, you know, my perceived idea of what's going on from a social media perspective while I'm like away. I always thought I was going to be replaced. And I remember like you would spend a lot of time with like X person, Y person. And I was like, oh man, like. Yeah, it was really popular. That's not what I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it was just like, I did feel not threatened, but I was kind of like, oh, like what I have with Christine is almost replaceable Mm -hmm. just based off of like assumptions that I saw on social, which is why social can be so damaging to your mental health, FYI. But yeah, I agree with everything that you said. I think that there is a special connection between us that is inexplicable. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to put into words with like what that even means, because I think that there are ways that we understand each other that other people can't or wouldn't be able to. Right. And I think that that is what carried us through the years and what led us to do this podcast together because there was this mutual understanding. And I think that, you know, I do agree. We have a very sibling like relationship where I think that we can also be really hard on each other. Yeah. Not in the sense that it's like, I want you to fail or like, I want you to feel bad about yourself. Yeah. But it's like, I know you're better than this. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has been one of the things that I had a really hard time time with because Mm -hmm. I've never had a sibling so like to me it was always like my parents (laughs) you know and they're like well you're not doing this and I'm like okay fine whatever but I think to have like a peer like not to say that like my other friends aren't like this like I have a lot of very close like sisterhoods but I think that with you it was always like you were pushing me in ways that sometimes made me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and that pissed me off yeah and I think that that also like when we had our fight made me question a lot of things like what are the real intentions of like our friendship and like what are we really trying to do or whatever you know like, like who I, are you yeah like who are you because it was just so like I hadn't really had those kind of fights before right and I think that also the thing about Christine is that no matter what her emotion is she knows exactly what it is and she can like say it <laughs> I think that that's something that is like so incredible about you because I think that when I'm angry or sad immediately like the words to my feelings just shut there's a wall and like it the floodgate is just closed and I just don't know what to say like I'm just actually speechless and it takes me like literally a week to process it like I'm that girl who like gets an argument with someone and then in the shower I'm like oh I should have said that and I could have said you know like all of those things yeah and so I think that with obviously you know the why we met you know, the podcast and, you know, the message and all that. Love that. But I think that on a deeper level too, it's just like challenging each other, challenging each other to see things from a perspective that we're not used to, even though we grew up in such similar communities. Yeah. Right. Like we went to the same high school, not at the same time, but like there's so many similarities of our upbringing and yet we're so different. Yeah. And I think that that really forces us to try to see things from the other person's perspective that I think that in our very sheltered world, both of us could have very easily overlooked. And so I think that, yeah, I'm really grateful for our friendship, our sisterhood. Um, Yeah. I didn't even wear makeup because I I was like, what if I cry? But I think that like (laughs) she she hasn't cried. But I haven't. (laughs) No, but I think that, I don't know, like whether or not you believe in a God or a universe or whatever, like I do agree with you that like something, someone somehow brought us together and helped us sustain this friendship over the years because of, I don't know, I think that there's just something that tied us together 
that shows that we're meant to do something bigger than we can even imagine. I agree. I totally agree. And if you really think about it, just like you said, we're so similar in so many ways, but also so different. Mm -hmm. Like if you just look at both of our styles, I'm all about pastels. And then like Regina is all about like neutral colors. Honestly, okay, the battle against pastels and neutrals, (laughs) that's real. That happens weekly. (laughs) Like honestly, Regina would be like, no, more dusty. I'm like, no, no, more bright, more bright, you know? (laughs) And then honestly, you wouldn't think that that's big of a deal. But when it comes in previous years, we didn't know how to communicate it. But you know, like certain friendships, it's just like you guys have maintained the status quo for so long. And like her and I are so good about joking with each other and not feeling slighted in any way. Because, you know, some people, the way that you joke or the the way that Regina and I troll is not for everyone. (laughs) But then Regina, I just get it right away, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And that really, I would say, was like the majority of our friendship Mm -hmm. and being able to be honest about things, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. But then when it came down to the nitty-gritty things that bothered about, like what bothered you about me, what bothered me about you. Mm -hmm. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I think we just clashed so hard because we're so different. Yeah, You're so avoidant and that pissed me off a lot. You know, there'd be so many times I'd be like, Regina, just tell me, you know, just tell me that you can't do that or that you don't have time to do that. But Regina, like, I wouldn't hear from her for like two weeks about it. And then then I become the naggy mom. I realized that. I told Jack, I was like, I think I've become like a pseudo mom to Regina in her life where she just like avoids me because she doesn't want to deal with me. And then I'm on my end waiting for her to text me about it. And I'm asking and I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> oh my, you know and then so we really had to work through that and yeah. i could see at so many points of our relationship or our friendship that it could have just broken like we could have just yeah. drifted apart yeah especially when you move to new york yeah you know yeah and given our like age difference it's so easy but i think that's the thing where it's like that thread mm-hmm. that pulls which is also different from and this is how our friendship is different too where regina has a core group of really close friends mm-hmm. you know and i also have my separate friends versus like you know how some people they're like siblings really close friends like it's just everything overlaps yeah it's like yeah. them too right mm-hmm. or that group i'm not included in her core group nor is she included in my my core group is like coco and jack <laughs> <laughs> but you're included in that if you want you know but it's like we don't hang out all the time yeah and that actually is I think what makes our friendship unique. So in a sense, it almost sometimes, I don't know if you felt that way, but it's like yeah. almost like, oh, are we really that close if we're not hanging around each other all that? Yeah. But I then, definitely uh, have felt that in the sense that like, you know, you look at other quote unquote influencers or like podcasters or whatever, and they're like together all the time. And I'm like, oh, and me and Regina yeah, are not I'm like, like that. oh, I haven't seen her in like <laughs> a month. But yeah, continue. Sorry. <laughs> Insert relevant point. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that that is just something that we've grown so comfortable with. Like, that's just that relationship I have with my brother, too. Mm -hmm. I don't talk to him every day. Mm -hmm. But then when we have conversations, we get to a point where we can go there. Mm -hmm. There's nothing left on the table because we've known each other for so long. Mm -hmm. And that's how Regina and I are, too. We can flip a switch and joke. It's like, listen to a podcast. And you're like, ah, your face. And the next minute, you're like, ah. My feelings. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just how we are. And I think there's so many feelings attached to this question. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to go back to your question or should we just end there? I think that was a good question to end on. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Like, Here's yeah. the challenge. Yeah. You have to answer that question. I will answer it. Separately. You just got to give oh, me a... Follow us on Instagram and Regina will answer that question. Okay. Yeah, I'll do it. Watch me for totally forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that answer will come to you at that point when we release yeah, this episode. Yeah. No, I just need to think about it for a bit. Yeah. yeah. Get another dog. <gasps> that should be your answer. How I can dramatically improve my life is getting another Coco. I think that that'll improve your life, but I don't know if that'll improve Jack's <laughs> life. <laughs> Coco, actually, that will improve Coco's life the least. That wasn't part of the question. 
to improve my life. That That's the so game. Fun. Right? I we really, barely, I know we barely even got to like a fraction of the questions, but I really like this game. I feel like it was pretty much exactly what I thought it would be. At first, I thought it would might be a little cheesy, but I actually kind of like the cheese. No, I think that everyone should get this. Yeah. This is something where it's like, if you have friendships that you guys just don't ever talk about this thing, you think it's weird. We played with a group of friends where it started off weird. But then the more that people got into it, the yeah. more that it was like, oh, you see, like vulnerability is contagious. Mm, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Just a quick question about like when you play in a group, like yeah. is it like one person chooses a person and they're like, this question's for you or? I think that's the beauty of this game. You can really just play it however you want. What we did was like everyone answers that one question for that person. Oh. So that person, like one of the questions that Jack got was what's a compliment you think that he doesn't hear enough of and everyone around and it actually you had an overwhelming Aww, amount of the same amount of compliments that's you know? so cute yeah so that was a really fun way to play yeah but. no i've been interested in getting this game but it's been sold out so oh it has i think that it's now back in stock so okay. i definitely want to order one and they have i was telling regina they have an expansion pack which yeah, makes sense right yeah so you get more yeah. and more questions i think that this is an incredible game I like think i should think... do more episodes with yeah doing this. i totally agree and like, then like Regina has suggested for guests in the future, we can like plug in some of these questions yeah, at the end or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We're just throwing dig deeper, dig deeper. Exactly, right? We you just like chuck yeah. cards at people. <laughs> I'm never coming on Pip again. <laughs> so we didn't get to the final card, but the final card is basically you write a message for each other. Mm. And then I think like you can either read it out loud to one another or that person can take it home and read it. Mm. So we were just going to say something about each other. You know, yeah. that was going to be our version, but we didn't even get to it. But if anything, I think the last question really. Yeah, it really happened. tied everything nicely together Yay! but um, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of perfectly imperfect we are available on apple podcasts spotify anywhere you listen to your podcasts like we said before in the beginning it means so much when you guys rate review share listen buy a journal all of that so just know that we appreciate every single one of you guys and if you guys feel encouraged by what you hear please do share with your friends and other people yeah yay all right we'll talk to you guys soon bye, bye. Yeah, the